Todd Mack. And I'm Joe Dorowski. We're the hosts of the Protagonist Podcast, where each week we discuss a great character in a great story. If you listen to us, your fancy will be tickled. And your thoughts will be provoked. One reviewer described us as fanboys with PhDs. Our discussions cast a wide net, alternating between TV, comics, films, and novels. In one episode, we may discuss a Spanish telenovela, and the next week, an American superhero comic. That was January 2016. Or one week, we might discuss a Japanese manga, and the following week, a Jane Austen novel. That was October 2016. Check out the Protagonist Podcast. Great characters and great stories. Spider-Man Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze and celebrate the movie Spider-Man one overpass jumping minute at a time. I'm Zach Luna. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Travis Bowe from the Real Comic Heroes podcast. Welcome back. Thanks. Happy to have you. Uh, Today we are uh, talking Minute 47, which Mm -hmm. uh, begins with uh, Peter doing his first successful web swing up into the sky and ends with him landing on the hood of the car where Uncle Ben's killer is uh, is driving. I guess it is Uncle Ben's car, is it not? Yes, <laughs> yeah, classic. The classic uh, Sam Raimi mobile. Uh, he, uh, he, he, he jacked that car. He, he jacked, is a car jacker. He is a car jacker, yeah. The, the, it's in the title. <laughs> So, uh, so Peter starts this off, uh, aggressively web slinging. Um, and, uh, it's, we get more of those, uh, more of those grunts. I'll say one piece of ADR that really does work is the bit where he's on the upswing and then he like sort of like forces, I, you don't call it a, it's like a midair jump, but it's not, he's like not. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how he to describe it. the like peak of one uh, full extension and then kind of launches himself into. Yeah. Action. You know what it is? It's like when you're a kid and you're on a swing set and yeah. when you learn how to yeah. pump your legs to make yourself go higher. It's right. like he's, he does a successful pump to accelerate himself out of it. Right. Yeah. So so that that bit of ADR where he, he goes to like sort of like pump himself forward yeah that is that bit actually works i think i think, that <laughs> I think plays the, really well. yeah this minute works better as far as all the yelling and screaming goes because it, a lot of it it flows really well with the music uh-huh oh, um, yeah. there's an extended bit right before it kind of transitions i guess he like maybe rounds a corner and then kind of catches back up to the cars where he it's like one long extended yell but yeah. you, it, it's kind of, it's either masked by the sound, by the music, or it just 
flows or complements the music at the same time. And yeah, so it, I never it noticed stand that. Out. Yeah, it's like he's joining the chorus for a second. Yeah, the, yeah, the, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's cool. Ah, oh. the the music. Okay, so this this bit when we cut from there into the back lot sequence mm-hmm. of uh, the classic driving into <laughs> um, some sort of display uh, because yeah. this carjacker is a terrible car thief and an even worse driver. Apparently. <laughs> um, he, uh, th- this bit with this back lot and the, and the cops chasing him. Um, so we've talked a lot about, uh, in the past, and I don't know that we've brought it up in a, I don't think we've brought it up in a while, but mm-hmm. we talk about how this series of films, um, so like, okay, let me, let me go back. So like the yeah. X-Men movies are sort of the first of a new type of superhero movie that was a thing where everything was taken very seriously and we're making a film and yeah. it has comic characters in it, but it's a film, mm-hmm. you know, you can, you can draw a straight line from X-Men to Nolan's Batman movies. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's a very particular type of film. The no yellow spandex films. Right. And then you have another type of film that was launched with Iron Man, which is the we're taking all of this very seriously, including like shared universe, like the whole thing. This is a comic book movie, the way the comic books are comic books, whatever. The Spider-Man movies, as we've talked about, are sort of the pinnacle the final like last hurrah of an old school Hollywood superhero movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. That that started with um that started with uh Christopher Reeve yeah. and and continued with Burton's Batman. Like Burton's Batman and Raimi Spider-Man are very similar. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. In in the way that they're made and sort their energy um, and this bit here, and I mean, granted, both do are, are Danny Elfman, and that has a lot to do with what's going on, but it's also back lots and mm-hmm. things like that. But this this cut to this back lot and this car going over into this debris, it just feels like a deleted scene from Burton's Batman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's and I mean that in a in a good way, you oh, know. Yeah. And I mean, I think I think to a certain extent, this style of filmmaking, uh, of, of blockbuster filmmaking. I think the last movie, and even when it, when it was released, it didn't get a great response from a lot of people because a lot of people see filmmaking like this as sort of cheesy and outdated, Mm -hmm. but captain America, the first Avenger was the last old school Hollywood superhero movie. And it was, it was outdated at the time because, and you know, it was a style choice, by uh, uh, Joe Johnson, who was like, oh, okay, so we're going to set this in the 40s, so let's make this look like an old-school superhero movie, yeah. um, old-school, old Hollywood, and and sort of play on that. And then they made the sequel, and they're like, yeah, we're not going to do that. We're going <laughs> to we're gonna, yeah. we're gonna be strictly in that Nolan school of filmmaking again. On location. And- <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and and so so you know from a certain extent you could argue that that first avenger thing was uh somewhat of a mistake um based on like where 
uh, superhero cinema was going at the time. But I, I really, I love that movie. I um, do too. Yeah. Yeah. Doing. Uh, but yeah, that's the last time that I can remember them making a movie like this. Yes. Uh, of just like, let's shoot on a back lot and let's have someone run in with Hobbit feet. Um, <laughs> You know, which is which is what uh, Captain America's what Steve Rogers has yeah. on his feet when he's yeah. chasing down those those uh, Hydra dudes. Uh, <laughs> he's got like rubber Hobbit feet on. Uh, but yeah, like though, just like the back lots, like that old Hollywood feeling is mm. just so alive in this scene in Spider Man. Oh, totally. um, and and you know, we get a lot more of this upcoming. Oh yeah, um, but this feels like the first time that I was like, "Oh man, this is like movie magic stuff." Yeah, uh, there, this is this this is one of those early times in the movie that feels like, "Oh, just, God, this this is this is the kind of thing that made me fall in love with movies." This is what movies look like, right? The me. magic of movie, you know, the creating the the fake place and then like building a story there. Uh, something yeah. that's probably worth mentioning if we're making these direct comparisons is the fact that the the backlot work on Spider-Man was mostly done at two um, different studios uh, here in Los Angeles at uh, Universal Studios backlot, their New York Street, and uh, Warner Brothers uh, Studios, they have a, a, another New York Street type backlot. And those are also where they shot Captain America, the first Avenger for all of the, um, uh-huh. all of the New Yorky type sequences and okay. where they shot, uh, Bur- uh, Tim Burton's Batman, the word, the Gotham, uh, city stuff is. So it's not only stylistically well, similar. Of, yeah. Some, uh, of, some of, some of it was shot on those back lots. Uh, yeah. A lot of it was shot on sound stages in London. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh, a lot was shot on sound stages in London, but all of the, um, Tim Burton's Batman and, uh, the second Tim Burton Batman, the, the street stuff where they needed a street right. with buildings. Oh, those right, are the right, same, right. the yeah. same backlot. So it's not only stylistically similar, but literally the same streets, the same fake streets hmm. uh, that they were on, yeah. there, which I love. And for me, for me, the, I mean, you talk about him crashing through the, um, the stand there for me, the thing that feels most of a piece of that is a, you know, about 40 ish seconds into the minute, there is an insert shot where, uh, <laughs> The car drives through a big old puddle on the ground and the and the water from that puddle splashes towards the camera lens. I mean, it is just a yeah. couple frames, but that that insert shot that like, to think about the the day that had to happen for that insert shot to exist, that mm-hmm. to time it all out and to place the cameras there and to get, you know, the, the wet bags and everything and to, to reset for that little moment where the car just hits it perfectly and then the splash goes right towards the camera lens and that it was worth it to do all that in this weird fake environment just for that perfect little beat there is well is what, filmmaking what, to me. yeah i mean yeah but like you're 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 doing second unit i mean what what sure. else are you gonna do right. you know you're <laughs> right. gonna, like, you're gonna make stuff. those little insert shots perfect <laughs> yeah um, and we're gonna put steam rising up out of the street in the background yeah, we're gonna, of course, we're gonna hose of course. down the pavement so it looks really glossy like all of that Absolutely. stuff so uh, I also want to call out that shot um inside the the police car uh-huh uh, yeah yeah that just feels like a very Sam Raimi shot as does the uh and this is perfect editing there's a bit so you're inside the car with the police officer he hmm. cuts his wheel 
and then you cut to the outside as the as the uh on the lights the lights on the roof yeah and the, the car is cutting the tur- is the turning at, yeah. like right as he cut the wheel it cuts to the outside and it's tur- like it's very well edited like really well executed considering like we're not seeing the car turn we've got a camera mounted sort of like around the the roof of the car and also the this roof shot is incredible because as the car turns we see peter web slinging around the corner but it's cg peter yeah but this is what we were talking about before is like you have that practical plate of the cop right. of the cop car the 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 police officer's car with the lights and you have cg peter sort of like in the background but the but the police lights are so practical yeah. That it sells you on, oh, like we're following this car and he's following the car. Like it, everything just plays so that it all feels like part of the same world. Like you're not totally. just looking at just like CG madness. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're looking at a bunch of practical stuff with one CG element. Exactly. Thrown in. I'm just going frame by frame in that sequence with the the cop lights and seeing him swinging above the car. And it just, it, it looks really good. I, I would say this is so far, probably some of the best CG in the movie. Absolutely. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it, and it helps with the nighttime, you know, but sure. they, the lighting on the actual motion blur. Model, really yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. That can hide some of your crimes. Yeah. The, the blur, at least uh, yeah. I, I love you mentioned it be feeling very Sam Raimi. I, I, I want to just highlight it a tiny bit more. It, the, the shot of Peter punching his hand through the roof of the car and then just like <laughs> mashing his, his hand in yeah, this dude's yeah. face is so, so fun and funny. It's like, like he's turning into a literal monster or something at that moment. This like, yeah, this deranged nighttime thing that is, coming through the roof like a like an animal is it's so fun and so yeah well that's uh, there's two elements to this that i i i have to point out so one from peter's perspective it is so crazy (laughs) the idea of like okay i just swung around the city landed on this car punched my arm through the roof of the car (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and now I am touching the face <laughs> of the man who killed my uncle. Uh, yeah. His face is in my hand right now. <laughs> this man killed my uncle. That's crazy yeah. to me. Like just it's so surreal. And then from the other perspective, Spider-Man <laughs> is not a thing that yeah. exists in this world. Yeah. What the hell does he think is going on right now? <laughs> this carjacker. Yeah, this this is that uh that sort of unchecked rage that I was that that I was talking about when he hesitated in his initial web sling. Like, oh yeah, yesterday, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. this this is uh, it, he's completely acting out uh out of instinct and pursuing his prey like a spider would. And mm-hmm. then, yeah, when he finally reaches that car, all he can do is get his, get his, he needs to have a tactile, um, uh, um, 
I've lost the word. Um, he needs to make contact connection, yeah. connection yeah. with this guy. Yeah. Uh, kind of uh, like a spider almost like he would, you'd grab him, you'd, you know, web him up and, um, right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was- it's, it's, it's great. And it, and it's also great that like, even through working through that rage, it's mostly luck what's happening sure. because yeah. you're watching him web sling and he's doing his best, but he's spinning all over the place. Like yeah. he is not in control of his center of gravity. Like he doesn't, he doesn't know the physics of all of this yet. Yeah. You know, like, like you, you can, you can run through an obstacle course the first time and you're going to be a mess. But if you do it, you know, 20, 30 times, by the time you get to that like 30th time, mm-hmm. you're going to run through that thing like a pro. Yeah. Because you know the ins and outs of the thing. He doesn't know the ins and outs yet. And yeah. so he's just swinging all over. The, he's all over the place. He's a mess. It, and it, it's it's so awesome. Uh, <laughs> I like the, the storytelling inherent in it. It, it can sometimes be hard in action sequences that it's not just you know what wacky stuff can happen during this car chase let's find wacky things to happen it's that there's a a cause and effect chain that you can track through here that like peter discovers a new ability or tries one out because of the effects of his previous bit you know he is swinging around and he's trying to get towards the car and then just lands on it and then he has to do something so he punches in there and has this weird moment and then because the guy shoots the gun up at him he kind of instinctively jumps up out of the way and lands on the truck. And and that's why we have this next beat with like the, the um, oncoming overpass that it's the escalation of the action is all cause and effect, not just willy nilly. And so it feels like we're making the decisions as he's making the decisions. And it, it's what keeps right. your attention through it. I, oh God, I love it. <laughs> it's, yeah. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Um, it's like it, Batman is the, the planner you know, when it comes to like superhero yeah. you know, types, uh, Spider-Man isn't. He's the, I'm going to jump into action. I'm going to figure it out mid swing or mid jump because he can rely on his abilities, his spider sense. You know, mm-hmm. he can feel the vibrations in the air with his you know, skin so he can yeah. tell if there's, you know, the flapping of a vulture's wings or, or whatever. So he can react to those things in nanoseconds and he doesn't have to plan ahead. Yeah. So that is the nice thing. I wish we got a little bit more of that with the relying on his senses more. Sure. Um, obviously, this is his first time out, so y- you don't expect him to. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's it's. <sighs> I'm also I'm also impressed with how naturally they are obscuring the carjacker's face. Totally. Totally. It's a hard thing to do without calling a ton of attention to it. But yeah. Yeah. To be like, like, why do you keep holding pieces of fruit in front of his face? Like, (laughs) you know, like it's, it's not that kind of thing. They're just, it, 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 it's just being edited and shot in such a kinetic way that you don't, they keep finding ways for you. Not like, you know, the reason that's that Peter is, is, putting his hands on this guy's face is because we don't want to see his face yet yeah. until Peter does. Yeah. I completely yeah. forgot that we don't yet know the identity of the, of, of the, the carjacker. carjacker. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. And we can't see yeah. his hair yet either. Cause he's got right. Yeah. Know, something going on. 
Um, they're just doing a, they're doing a really good job of concealing that moment. Yeah. Um, and it's still, I mean, we've already mentioned this, but I, I am amazed by it. There is something so lovely about knowing just from the, the texture and the way it's shot that they literally put a dude, a real guy on a real street on top of a real truck yeah. and, and drove through there that every time we have a bit of like crazy outlandish stuff, you know, whisking us into CG fantasy land, we, we ground it back immediately with something that you can just see carries the grit of, of life there and of a person trying to balance on top of this moving vehicle. I just, I, I love the, those few frames of like a dude on top of a truck going going down the highway with like the steam rising in the background and like all of the fire escapes of new york city going going past him it it feels true and and then we ha- then we can have the the overpass jump you know then we can have well this, and, yeah and, and even before the overpass jump there's this great shot and this is just this is just me talk this is just me gushing about oh, sam sure. raimi as a filmmaker please um and as a as a cinematic storyteller but uh you know there's this bit where he lands on the truck and we see him driving out the truck and you and he, he's looking at the car and we get a pov shot of him looking at the car as it swerves in front of the truck that he's in to sort of like swerve his way through traffic and then as he sees that he starts to see the overpass and then the POV like sort of moves up from the car, like the car in the side lane to the front lane up to the overpass. Oh shit. You know, like it's, it is, it is such a flawless POV shot of of just like, Oh, that's how you, that's how you tell that story. Because Mm -hmm. and when you see the overpass, they never even hint at the overpass. Right. Before that POV shot, so that when we, as Peter, because it's a POV shot, see that overpass coming, we are with him when we're like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and and they, and they drive it home with, like, one of my absolute favorite bits of weird sound yeah. design, which is that they have, I'm almost positive it's the sound of, like, a jet engine revving up. Yes. That yes. they slot in there. As he's moving towards the overpass, it makes no sense that it's there, but it is this, this accelerating, scary noise that they put in uh, as the overpass. I assume it was, I I always assumed it was some sort of like spider sense indicator. Mm. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Oh yeah. We don't have that like ringing gong type thing or whatever, but just the. I, there's like it gets my adrenaline going just when yeah. you, that POV looks up and you hear that and there's there's the concrete. What are you gonna do? Yeah, oh, it's, it's, so it's good. an impressive jump considering he has no you know it, it's not like he runs up to the jump and but it's just a flat leap. Yeah, he probably gets about twenty feet of you know of air vertical air and then yeah. he's crossing. I counted like five lanes of traffic plus a median and then probably sidewalks on both on either side. So it's probably a 60 to 70 foot, you know, yeah. span that he's getting over, you know, mm-hmm. with, with, you know, like I said, like about 20 feet in the air. Um, so that's, that's, I love it. I love no, it. And, 
one of the best parts is he lands on the truck and doesn't even have to stabilize himself with his hands. <laughs> he just lands on it with both feet and, and plants himself on the truck. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, there's your there's your answer to your foot argument, Zach. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. perfect. <laughs> yeah, right there. Uh, yeah, the no, I, I I think what 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 is most impressive about the jump too is that the uh, animators pull it off. Oh yeah, yeah. like you, you, this doesn't look like you know, somebody threw a water balloon, uh, <laughs> over, over a bridge. Like yeah. you, they, they did a really good job of like showing his, the strength in his legs and, it, and, and you know, that he's, that he's jumping forward and then they're using physics to carry him yeah. over the overpass because he's moving as fast as the truck is. So all he has to do is jump up Yeah, and physics will drive him over the overpass. Yeah. And you can see he's, he's see going like he 40 runs miles an hour or whatever. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. You can, you can see when he runs it. out of his jump right. and he's flailing and he's just right. free falling at the end. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's such a good job. This is like the essence of, of Spidey powers for me. It's <laughs> one of the things that, that I get excited about that I don't get to see enough. Uh, um, not, not to throw shade at other, you know, takes on Spider-Man, but there's, there's an aspect of, the grace of Spider-Man or the power of Spider-Man, not just being that he can swing from the web and not just being that he could lift an object, but that his body is so strong that he can jump and soar like a gymnast gracefully. And he uh, granted isn't graceful at it yet. But what I love is that he makes this crazy, ridiculous thing on almost on instinct and lands it and almost has a realization of, oh, that's a thing I can do. And then the next thing he does is he pulls off my favorite display oh. of power in any one shot in this movie. This yes. visceral and kinetic jump where he sees his target, this moving uh, vehicle in front of him, and he jumps off of the truck through the air, turns himself around so that when he lands, he lands on the hood of the car looking into the windshield. And it is yeah. so, it's so powerful. It it uh-huh. is it is uh, having a superpower that that vi- is the visual I think of when I'm like driving down the street and looking out my window and imagining oh what would Spider Man do if he was jumping around here this visual is like the touchstone I have for that that pure leap through the air ah I love it <laughs> beautifully said yeah that was, yeah. it's a beautiful moment mm-hmm. and he does it all without webbing. Um, yeah. yeah, lands perfectly on the hood, like you said, facing the driver. Yeah, it's it's a gorgeous. It's, scene. it's fantastic. Um, so so Travis, you talked, you hinted a little bit at it uh, yesterday, but uh, you said that when you first saw this movie, uh, you were nineteen and still obsessed with Spider Man. Yeah. Uh, so so uh, what what I guess what do you mean by obsessed with Spider Man? Like what's your <laughs> What's your connection to the character? Okay. Uh, you know, prior to seeing this movie. My first comic ever was a Batman comic, but immediately after that, it was pretty much all Spider-Man. Mm. Um, I, it might be the colorful costume, the covers, like I was talking about those, you know, weird, you know, impossible poses. Um, I, most of my collection at the time was, either spectacular or amazing Spider-Man issues all from that late nineties or I'm sorry, 
early to mid nineties. And I, I think my first, first issue was Spider-Man number 27. It's there's huh. something that's called, there's something about a gun and it's all about like uh, gun violence at school. Wow. Um, yeah, it was pretty heavy, you know, but I was also like in middle school. So, yeah. um, really kind of spoke to, it was an easy book to read as a kid. So, sure. um, did you just, just like come to it on your own or did like somebody tell you about Spider-Man or like how did, it, how did it it's start? It's kind of the weird, yeah. sure. It's kind of the weirdest thing. I was into uh, the Marvel trading cards and so I would huh. collect these things and then just trade them with other kids in class. And eventually that led to here, I'll give you these cards and, or I'll give you this comic book if you give me those, you know, whatever cards. So I did that and that's how I started getting my first couple mm-hmm. uh, issues and then, when I would go to the store, I would just pick up whatever issue of Spider-Man was out at the time. So it was probably that Ramita era, um, kind of when Amazing Spider-Man relaunched, kind yeah. of mid '96, I think. Um, and then kind of picked up here issues here and there um, back then. And then once I was old enough to really get out and you know actually spend money on comics, I kind of made it a, a pursuit to find all of Amazing Spider-Man, and I've got all of the original run except for like 120 issues, most basically wow. number number one through 100 and f- like issue 140. Wow. You know, just because they're they're harder to come by and, you know. And expensive. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, of, of the entire – you know, 700 issue run. I've got most of them, I guess, or wow. I guess six sevenths. Um, wow. um, so yeah, I've just, I've just, Spider-Man's my go-to comic book character. And, uh-huh. um, so yeah, the first time I saw this movie, I was in, uh, I went to college for graphic design and because most of the, um, the higher ups didn't really know what that meant at the time. We were able to take like half days off school to go see movies because they had, you know, the CG was so heavily, you know, such oh. a new thing at the time. So we got to go see Spider-Man and Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone and, and movies like that because, hey, that's, they thought that that's what we were going to, to do. So it was, uh, it was a field trip. Wow. Um, yeah. So was it with like um, several other coworkers or like No 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 this was this was college. Oh, I mean okay, this was okay. my yeah. my fellow students. Yeah, we just got to get out of the class and go see movies. I love it. Oh. Um so yeah, and this was just this movie was a big part of my uh, you know mid 20s and and you know I obviously would kind of revisit it every now and then and I've I've definitely it's been a long time since I've really gone back through the Raimi movies. Um, Mm -hmm. So I still have a lot of love for those. And I'm getting into this weird place now where it's kind of like, uh, I listen to a lot of Batman podcasts as well. So it's, (laughs) you also, you often hear like, you know, who is your Batman? And, and usually people are referring to which actor or in most Mm -hmm. cases, you know, which voice actor, um, like who is your your definitive uh, Batman? And, and for Spider-Man, it's like, Right now, I, I've been so into the uh, reading. I've, I've picked up the original like trades for the original series of Amazing Spider-Man, and I've been going through those a lot lately. And you know, right, right, right now, 
I think that original run of Spider-Man is my Spider-Man. Like I don't have, like I like Tobey Maguire. I like Andrew Garfield a lot. You know, I think Tom Holland has a lot of promise, but I'm, I've just fallen back in love with original Peter mm-hmm. Parker and original wow. comics. So that's, that's my Spider-Man right now mm-hmm. is that early Ditko and Stan Lee run. So. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm I'm more on in the Romita camp, but I'm right okay. there with you. That's, I, I haven't gotten there yet. Yeah, um, I just read issue like 36, maybe or okay. So, so you, Norm, you only Norman have like Osborn issues of Ditko, I think. Yeah. yeah, Norman Osborn just came into it. So okay, yeah, uh, yeah. No, that's uh, that that that, uh, that I'm right there with you. I I, I yeah. don't. I love I love Toby. I I love Andrew and I and I really like uh Tom and and hopefully we'll love him uh when that when we see that movie. But um yeah, no 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 movie has no interpretation has quite nailed 100% yeah. Spider-Man yet. Right. Uh and like like we said yesterday, you know, he's a one of a kind character and there's a lot of of aspects to him that you can sort of mix and match. And I think that's what we get a lot yeah. of in the movies is mm-hmm. uh, is mix and match. But huh. we've never gotten a an actual like true to life uh, Ditko Ramita Lee Spider-Man ever. Yeah. Um, I don't even, not even in any like animated stuff. I don't mm-hmm. think no. uh, it's, it's very specific <laughs> and I don't even, yeah. I can't even really put my finger on what's missing. Um, I think it's the arrogance. A lot of like Garfield nailed some of the arrogance, but like reading a lot of those early issues and, and Peter comes off as like a jerk a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, the rivalry yeah. between him and flash and the, the triangles between him and Betty, Betty and Liz Allen and, you know, just, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of just relationship stuff there that, well, that's, and that's, that's the thing, right? Is that it's, I think ultimately what the problem is, is that movies are meant to be, especially a movie that's called Spider-Man, <laughs> you know, it's meant to be a, a singular protagonist story, but the thing about Amazing Spider-Man comics, especially the the Lee Ditko, uh, Ramita era, they're ensembles. Yeah, and totally. oh yeah, and the movies aren't ensembles. Like the Raimi movies get the closest because you have that triangle of of Harry, MJ, and and Peter, but that's it's still ultimately Peter's story. Yeah, a hundred percent without a yeah. doubt. Yeah. Um, the other stuff is just they're they're supporting characters. It's not yeah. a true ensemble the way those early issues are, and I think that's part of what the vibe. Uh, the problem with the vibe is that it's difficult for Peter to feel like an underdog when he's the protagonist of the story. Yeah, <laughs> um, you know, like when when yeah. he's when he's fighting for control of his own book. That's when you know the character's <laughs> an underdog. Yeah. You know, it, it's always um, felt. But like you it can't, was, you yeah. can't do that in a, in, in a movie like this. That would be, right. you know, that's why, you know, ten years from now, I would love for them to make a Spider-Man TV show when they can actually yeah. afford it sure. on a TV budget. 
Um, right now, I know that that's impossible. And anyone who says yeah. that it's not yeah. uh, doesn't know how TV works. Um, <laughs> there's so many. There's so much reused material yeah. in the Flash. Like, yeah, the Flash looks great, but there's so much reused material that oh, you yeah. don't even notice because yeah. it's you know it's like running and stuff. All like, the running, yeah, yeah. The running is mostly reused material. Oh yeah. And and you don't know that because they're mirroring it or or they're they're building a different background on a plate or yeah. whatever. But uh, you can't do that with Spider Man, and so it's yeah. just it, you can't do it on TV. But that's that's a hundred percent where this character belongs because yeah. he needs to be a soap opera, and yes. he can't be yeah. a soap opera in movies. That's a great no. point. Yeah, you can't be a you can't blockbusterize the the long arc of a of a soap opera ensemble. You kind of have to yeah. make a movie that that works as a movie, uh, right. and you know hope that you get the characters right in there. Um, right. Yeah. I mean that's why that's why a lot of people most people don't like Firewalk with me, you know. Fair. Like yeah. Twin, tw- you know, Twin Twin Peaks is a ensemble. Firewalk with me is not. Yeah. Uh, and 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 so Twin Peaks fans, a lot of them don't like Firewalk with me, and that that's why. Um, yeah. It doesn't have the same vibe. Yeah. Uh, so that was a that was a weird tangent, but that, one awesome that I, I I am glad <laughs> that we went on. Yeah. Totally. Um. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so uh, Travis, I mean, thank thank you so much for joining us. Hey, thanks um, for letting me. Yeah, it's been awesome. Thank um, you. Yeah. Any uh, any final thoughts on on this movie, or uh, if you have thoughts on any of the characters that aren't in these minutes, by all means, uh, shoot oh. them. Yeah. Um. Hmm. <laughs> I mean the the you know Jonah Jameson stuff is is classic, and especially having rewritten or read for the first time, a lot of that, their first episodes, it, you know, that's a fun character and they oh, yeah. just nailed that performance. Um, yeah, it's, it's a, this movie is really good. And I, for a while, I think the, the Garfield movies, and I really like those movies. So I, th- I, th- mm-hmm. I went through a, a phase where I didn't then revisit the Raimi movies because I thought like, I'm kind of done with those, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, but, but revisiting this movie, I'm, I'm back in it, you know, it's <laughs> definitely, uh, and, and especially following along with, with your show has re engaged me in the, in this Spider-Man adventure. So, yeah. Oh, well, that's, yeah. that's awesome. That's, Thank you. That's very nice. Yeah. It's been, yeah. I mean, just as much of a fun experience for us too. like to have this excuse to yeah. go this deep into this movie that has meant so much, uh, over time and to look at it with, with fresh analytical eyes. It really does become very impressive when you, when you stop and look at yeah. how much mm-hmm. they needed to accomplish and how much they actually pulled off. Um, it's not, no movie's perfect, but, uh, Boy, am I impressed at how much works in this in this flick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think we saw a great example of it of it this week. Um, so yeah, thanks again for being here, man. It was awesome. Hey, yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm I've gotten to the point where I am I am so obsessed with this podcast and these <laughs> movies now that I'm literally like almost every night. I'm just like full on like Dave Chappelle, like scratching, like where's that <laughs> Spider-Man two? Where's yeah. that Spider-Man two? 
<laughs> you know, like I'm just, I can't, I can't, I can't, I just can't, I cannot <laughs> wait to cover that movie. And, yeah, and this one, we haven't even gotten to Spider-Man yet in oh, this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I'm, oh man, I, I think about Spider-Man 2 now probably on a daily basis of just like, oh man, imagine like months from now when I get to watch Spider-Man 2. <laughs> uh, I can't I, wait either. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm back in, uh, in early 2004, like yeah. you know, knowing that it's on the horizon, but I can't watch it yet. It's been a long time <laughs> since I've rewatched that one. And I, I feel like the last time I did, it didn't hold up in my memory as, as, as well. I think there's a lot of editing choices there that really kind of baffle me. Hmm. Yeah. But. I think part of it is this movie. I, I know a lot of people like uh, Spider-Man two much more than Spider-Man, but I think having this movie fresh in your mind yeah. does so much of the heavy lifting for Spider-Man too. Sure. And I, I think yes. watching them as like a, as a, as a pair uh, is, is the best way to get the most out of it. But yeah, I mean, yeah. This, that's what we're doing. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You guys All are right. doing a great job. So thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Well, uh, uh, so uh, tell people about uh, your podcast one more time. Oh sure. Um, yeah, we're just chronologically going through a big list of movies and uh, mostly based around comic books or sci-fi. Um, just I'm trying to stay within that kind of geek genre. Right. And you can find us uh, on Twitter at Real Comic Heroes. We're on iTunes under the same name, Real Comic Heroes with two E's in real. Mm. You can find our website at realpodcastnetwork.com. And you can go over there and look at our list of movies that we've got coming up. And yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, uh, very cool. So uh, thanks for joining us, Travis. And uh, Absolutely. Guys, uh, you know, why don't you go check out uh, DuelingGenre.com and uh, all the other podcasts that we have going on over there. Uh, Ferris Bueller Minute is now in <laughs> full swing along with Toy Story Minute. Uh, coming nice. uh, Coming later this month, I believe, uh, is uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute, starting, oh, with, the, uh, starting with the 1990 uh, classic. Um, so, you know, lots of good stuff on our site, uh, along with, um, you know, all the other stuff that has already been there. I've got 340 episodes of back to the future minute, uh, <laughs> that I, I co-hosted with Pat, you know, friend of the show, past guest, uh, Nick Jimenez. So mm-hmm. check that out if you like back to the future and, uh, we will be back tomorrow with minute 48. Bye everybody. Bye. Bye.